You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms and the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers. The 308, the 270, the 28 Nosler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30 6 and much more. If you want to find out more information about the 110 Ultralight, visit SavageArms.com. What's up, guys? My name is Parker McDonald, and I'm your host, and you are listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. We have got an exciting episode for you today. I'm here with my buddy Drew. Drew, what's going on? What's up, Parker? Man, just had a great uh, weekend. Man, the kids dressed up for Halloween. What did what, what did your kids dress up as? Um, my daughter dressed up as a kitty cat. Um, Come on now, named Dixie. So you don't get much more southern than that. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> and my son dressed up as me. So, um, oh, that's epic. And we went as lumberjacks together. Awesome. Um, oh, that's so good, man. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we look exactly alike, too, already, but my wife, like, painted a beard on his face. So. Oh, man. It, it was pretty awesome. It was epic. It that's, was fun. How about how about you so guys? Cool. Did y'all do anything anything fun? Yeah, we, we, went, we went to the church, church at a trunk or treat, and um, my baby girl, she was Cheetah Girl off Wonder Woman. Oh. And has never seen has never seen the movie, but just saw the costume and loved it. And um, <laughs> my... My a little man was the Grinch. Awesome, and so yeah, we, we they 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 had a good time getting candy. Which let's just be honest, you know, Halloween where you go to trunk or treat, you go to neighborhoods. It's all about you stealing your kids' candy. That's that's what it's all about. I mean, that's I, what it's you know, all about. It's the reason fingers. for the season. <laughs> that's the reason for the but season. But man, I, I know we got out in the woods some this weekend, and I. I know we're going to talk about that, so. Oh, dude, yeah. So, um, for everybody listening to this, uh, we have decided that during the during the fall, especially during deer season, um, we're going to continue doing weekly episodes, but what we're going to try to do is alternate between having a guest every other week and then us recapping our the, the things that we're learning in the last, you know, two weeks since the last time you heard from us and, and all that kind of stuff. So, ideally, um, these episodes will be talking about a kill that one of us has gotten and and up to this point that's been the case right i mean last time we did this two weeks ago we uh we both had uh dead deer on the ground and and this year or in this week we've got another one so um and some really good encounters that we get to talk about that i'm really excited about talking about um and uh and so that's kind of going to be our structure for the next i don't know several months probably as deer season continues um Unless unless we tag out and things are great, which is which would be a great problem to have. And then we won't have to spend yeah. nearly as much time in the woods. But I can tell you this, as a podcast host and a deer hunter, it is hard to do both of those things at the same time and to get guests <laughs> and to coordinate and all that stuff. So um, I feel because like Because also all of our guests are hunters too. <laughs> so. Exactly. <laughs> Off season, it's super it's easy like, to pin people down and and get get yep. schedules worked out and everything. But during the season, it's like people are like, "Well, we could do it that day, but I'm gonna be in the woods. Could we record at eleven o'clock at night?" And it's like, eh, not really, because I want to get up early and go hunt the next morning, you know." And so, um, it's just it's just really hard to get um, to get it all together during this time of the season, especially considering Drew that you and I both have jobs that we have to do. Yeah. And um, and the holidays are demanding, and so we're getting up close to Thanksgiving and then Christmas, and the holidays are, are rough on a guy who works in the church and is a deer hunter. Yeah. So, um, so that's going to be kind of what we're what we're going to try to do. And the good news is is that we've got a lot of trips. Um, I know I do. I've got I've got several good solid deer trips 
scheduled. And uh, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that real quick. Next week, I'm headed to Kentucky again with, uh, with my buddy uh, Clayton Bond. And uh, I believe Greg Godfrey is going to be there. Adrian Wilson is going to be there. Uh, Scott Anglin. Um, a couple of our buddies that, that you probably haven't heard us talk about before um, are going to be there. And then, uh, oh, Ted Bright. I found out that Ted Bright's going to be there. So there's going to be a lot of tethered guys on this trip. It's going to be a really, really fun time headed to Kentucky to hunt public land during the rut, which I've never gotten to hunt Kentucky during the rut. So um, the next time we talk, uh, we'll be able to have that episode uh, where we where we recap, recap the Kentucky trip. And then... A week after that, I'm going to be headed to Missouri to hunt uh, over Thanksgiving break with my dad. And we've never hunted Missouri before. We're going to do public land uh, archery hunt on the second archery season in Missouri. So that's going to be uh, probably something we're talking about as well. So I am uh, I'm jacked up. And then after that, we've got the rut here, which is going to be mm-hmm. exciting as always, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, and then it's going to be, you know, the new year. So. Um, and before you know it, Drew, we're going to be talking about turkeys again. So it's like, it, it seems know, like man. it's a long ways away, but it's really not. Not when you've got a yeah. lot to look forward to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm that's jacked true. up. So, so, so let's, let's get started on this deal. Um, Drew, you had, I'm going to kind of end with my story. Um, and okay. spoiler alert guys, I killed a buck this past week. So, um, that was cool, but it's kind of a long mm-hmm. story, and I, I gave everybody a teaser of it last week um, because our episode went out a little bit late because of it, but uh, you had a, a good, solid encounter yesterday. Um, what, what was it, yesterday? Day before yesterday? I think it was yesterday. It was yeah. yesterday. Yeah, Saturday morning. Yeah. So we've had yep. a good cold front come through uh, this past week, and, uh, and you... Mm-hmm you went out and took advantage of it. You and I both did. And, uh, I saw 22 deer on Friday and not a, you saw a ton of deer. I saw a crap ton of deer and almost, I drew back twice on a doe and I decided not to shoot just because the deer were moving so good. And then yesterday I decided to go out and I was like, I'm going to shoot a doe. There's 21. I saw 21 does and one little <laughs> buck. I was like, there's 21 does in here. At least I'm going to, I'm going to draw back on one. I'm going to kill one. And uh, I didn't see a single deer yesterday morning in the same area. That not, works, as, not not one deer. So, um, but you can bet you best believe that I am going to probably kill the next doe that I see in there. But uh, but as I was busy not seeing deer yesterday, you saw a good buck. So tell us about that. I did. I did. Yeah. Well. Um, so Saturdays I have um, chosen to go hunt my club um, on on Saturdays unless I have a good buck targeted on public, and so. Um, so Friday night, I, I, I went in, um, to, to spot there, they're on my club really just to go, um, observe and, and, and hang a, hang a stand. And cause I was, I was preparing for Saturday morning, Saturday morning, we had an East wind and, mm-hmm. um, like it, like it was straight East. There, there, there was supposed to be a little bit North in it about nine o'clock, which, um, and, uh, uh, East wind with a lot of my places that I hunt, no, nothing really sets up for it um, really well. And so, but this place did. This place is on my club. Um, it's a little two and a half acre uh, parcel um, that I scouted during during the uh, summer. Because every time I would walk in there, we, we have a we have uh, it's it's part of the cutover. There's a road going through it, and and we have a greenfield um, down on the bottom. Well, every time I would go to check that greenfield, I had a camera on it. I would jump up deer. And so during the summer, I went and um, scouted it out, and sure enough, there's there's a deep there's a deep ravine there, and and it basically funnels the deer up close to to the road. And so I was hunting a big funnel, hunting on a transit on a transition line between pines, um, thick mature pines, and then a um, about a three to five year old cutover with it with a deep gorge um, um, going down it. And so so. I get there um, Saturday morning. Um, I'd, I'd already hung. Um, I, I hunted in the same tree Friday night, and I just left all my stuff there. I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. I'm going to get in here on the east wind. It's going to blow right in my face as I walk in. It's going to be great. So I pull up Saturday morning, and it was it was Halloween. And um, right on our club, which, Parker, you, you've been there. there there's a mm-hmm. cemetery there. Yep. And so 
So Deer Love Cemeteries, that, that's that, that's no, you know, I'm not trying to hide anything there. But I, So I pull up, and it's early, it's dark, you know, getting out getting dressed. And I hear, I hear a cat that is, that is meowing out in the middle of the woods. And this is like 5.30 in the morning, Halloween day. I'm sitting next to the cemetery. I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is getting a little freaky. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's, there's not, there's not any houses around. Like there, there's, there's no houses. It's across from an old church. I mean, it's, it's just spooky. And so this cat comes sneaking out of the, um, out of the woods. And I'm like, okay, if this is a black cat, I'm, I might just get back in my truck and just go back home, you know? And sure enough, that, that joker came out and walked on the hill that's on that, that goes up into the cemetery and it was a black cat. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I was like, well, all right. Well, great. time, time to know, go home. <laughs> time to go home. And so, um, but I was like, no, I'm already here. So I went and, um, climbed up and got in real, real, real nice and clean. Didn't make any noise. And the, the setup that I had was really good. It was, it was a big pine tree. And right behind the pine tree, there there was a um, cedar tree, and so I was, I mean, I was covered real well. And about seven forty-five, I I hear deer walking, and um, and I turn and I look to my right, and coming out of the bottom was a really nice eight point, like a stud of an eight point, and then like a basket rack six. And so where they were, they went across down the ravine, which was twenty-six yards down down to that down the bottom. So I start I start getting ready, get, um, get everything situated, it, and this was really cool. I, I haven't seen him do this in a long time, but he actually came out. the The big buck came out and he stopped right at the edge of the um, cutover, and he just threw his nose up. And for two minutes, he just looked and he checked. Um, but I had him fooled because that east wind was hitting me right in the face, going back up towards the road. And um, but he just stood there for two minutes, just checking everything out. He he looked all he looked all the way around it. He he put his nose up in the air, lip curled a little bit. I mean, just stuck his tongue out. I mean, it, it was it was cool, and and so when I when I, when I went to move around the tree, um, one of one of my um, I, I kind of I fell off my stick just a little bit. Yep. And so I caught I I caught myself and the, and I I guess it caught the six point's attention because then he looked up at me. The, the six point did. But I was so covered with, with that cedar tree that he couldn't tell what I was. And so so he's looking dead at me, and I can't get drawn, and the big buck walks through my opening and goes out in the middle of the clear cut and meets up with there, – there ended up being five deer total, ended up being um, a, a little spike and then a um, – and two does. And so one of the does ends up coming out and runs right towards me, and this big buck started to follow her. He wasn't dogging her, chasing her. He was just he, he was just going after. I mean, he was just following her. And so I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is about to happen." Well, as soon as I said that, the the six point comes up and starts sparring with the big eight. Hmm. And just being young and dumb. I mean, not. I mean, he, he you know just being a he he's about a year and a half year old six point. You know, um, and just sparring with him. Well, that takes his mind off the doe. And the doe ends up walking five yards behind me and just walks down to the pines and walks out of sight. Well, then he ends up going back up the hill. The A point does. And, and, and I wait till he goes and crosses the road, which is about 70 yards from me. And, and I grunt, grunt a couple of times. And then I snort weed just something like, I ain't got nothing to lose, you know? And yeah. that, that, that little spike comes right at the base of my tree and just looks up at me. And, that was all she wrote. I I, I had one sh- I I had I actually drew back on the big eight, and he was walking through that clear cut, and there was he was about thirty eight yards, and I would have had to fit it through Johnson grass and some limbs and stuff like that. And I I got to thinking I'm like okay, gun season is next weekend. He he has no idea that I'm here, like he he, he has no clue in the world that I'm here. So I'm not I'm not going to force a shot. I'm 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 not going to do that. So I I just let down. And um, but man, he was he was a really good eight pointer. Like I would have put him on the wall. I mean, he was he was a good buck. Dang. And 
and and then that was that was the only deer that that I saw. I ended up sitting till um, about nine o'clock. Then I had some stuff I had to come home and do, and so got down. But man, it was it, it was cool to see him come out to the clear cut, stop, and then for two minutes he didn't paw the ground. He didn't. He just looked. He looked. He smelt, and that's all he did. But once again, it goes back hunting that transition, and also just like I know we're going to talk about Tom Parker too with with your deer. It was an overlooked spot. Yeah, it, it was a spot that nobody hunts. Yeah, and, and you, you sent me a picture of it, and and I want to kind of describe mm-hmm. it as as best as I can, um, in a way that people may may be able to see. So if you envision a square, right? So you have a square, mm-hmm. and yep. the bottom left corner of the square, the square is a clear cut with some like scattered pieces of of woods in it but at the bottom if that if you if that whole square is a thick clear cut like cut over um Mm -hmm. you are set up there's a road that comes out of the back corner and you are set Mm -hmm. up what it looks like to be about 40 yards off of that road um which is just a lease road basically just a just a dirt road you were set up about 40 yards left of that road so you were set up basically in the bottom left corner of this Mm -hmm. clear cut and what it, what I can see is there's like little splotches of trees um, that run kind of randomly right through there, which which mm-hmm. looks to me like if I were going to if I were going to guess, I would say that they are bedding in those little splotches of trees because it, it offers shade from the sun mm-hmm. in that clear cut yep. and, it, and you've still got the thickness of the clear cut. Is that, is that yep. kind of what you think that they were doing? Were they betting in that, in those, and then you got a cemetery like right there. I mean, it's literally, I mean, maybe a hundred yards, a couple hundred yards away yeah. from you in front of you. Um, yeah. What, what, how do you feel like they were, they were, why were they there? Were they, were they going to bed? Were they just getting up from their bed for a little bit just to walk around? What did you feel like was going on there? I feel like they they are bedding um, in that thick clear cut, and so where 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 these two bucks came from was was down the bottom. So I'm I'm assuming that they were probably either in someone's greenfield because that's that's another part of someone else's lease. Yep. So they, below you, they to the south been, of you, they came from the south. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, and so it, you know, they, they could have just been back in those green fields, eating on those greens all night and then going back to bed. Okay. Um, Cause once, once I walked it out, once I walked the road out, I actually got him crossing and going up towards some, um, going up towards the cemetery. And, okay. um, and it's, there's, there's that real thick cut over there. And so, and um, I've seen deer, I've jumped deer on both sides of that clear cut. And and so so there's a there's a strip com- of woods that runs mm-hmm. parallel with the cemetery road. Do you think he's bedding in that? It's just a random no. isolated strip of woods. No, I don't. I don't think he's bedded in that. The the oaks are dropping right there. Okay. Um, and and there's there there's holes everywhere. And so what I'm thinking is that he's he's going from those greens, wanting through that small little two and a half acre, you know, um, square, clear cut going up to those oaks as he goes to bed out in the big clear cut okay and well, that's um, that's i mean and, the fact that this is what we always talk about is terrain features that meet up mm-hmm. with hard transition lines and yeah and it sounds to me like that's exactly what they did they were using that oh that, yeah that low area that bottom going into the transition and then i mean that that's that's where they're basically their exit is i guess you could call it yeah that's cool yeah yeah it was it was it was really cool it, it was a good sit um got 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 to see some a big deer man big deer um and and i'm pretty sure he's pretty killable um just because i mean he's 745 and he felt comfortable enough to just walk through that clear cut yeah. and then cross the road and, and, and go on to the other one he's he's not He's not scared of anybody being there. The, the only thing I had to do is stay patient and not, and not hunt it, hunt it on a, it like, it has to be an east wind or east northeast. Yeah. Just be, just because of where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just got to stay patient. 
So, um, was there any any type of sign or rubs or anything like that in there that you could see? Obviously, I'm sure once they did that, you didn't go up there and booger it up too much. But was there anything no, that no, you found? During during the summer when I when I walked it out, there's a there's a really heavy worn deer trail that is just skirting the edge of that ravine, which is funneling them up. And there's old rubs, scrapes um, that were all through there. And and so, um, obviously, it's getting used by multiple bucks. And and so, um, it, it, it was just torn up with sign. And like I said, there was a lot of times where I, I would have walked in last year and I would jump up deer. Like, they were just bedded on that hillside. Mm-hmm. And and then my, my wind would come over top and they would they would just, they would blow and jump off, you know? Yeah. And so, finally, I'm like, you know what, Drew? Don't be an idiot. There's deer there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, and so, um, and it's, like I said, it's an overlooked spot. It's the, it's the smallest parcel on, on our club. Yeah. And it's right, by, it's right behind the cemetery. It, it looks just, you would look at it and go, oh man, that's just growed up nasty. And that's, but that's what they love. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, that's really neat. That's a, that's a cool setup. I, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Do you know what I'm not proud of you I for? I appreciate though, it. Is that you? What's that? You bought a camera arm this off season, and you did not You're have right. a camera with you. I'm You're not, right. I'm I was, not proud I was of you about, about that. that. <laughs> I, I was thinking. I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, this would have been really good footage. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was, it was, it was tense, man. Like the the does were, um, the does were jumping all, you know, jumping all through the clear cut, and bucks were going everywhere. And I'm like, man, this is a good morning. And I was like. <laughs> It'd have been nice to have a camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it really is like, even if guys are not going to put stuff on YouTube and like actually produce something, like it's nice to have to have those pieces of footage that you can go back and look at, um, not just to remember it, but to analyze it and see, you know, things right. that happen in the moment. It's it's easy to forget about, you know, how they traveled through there and and different things that they did, and you can really kind of fine-tune your next setup on that deer based on a video and uh and yeah. so but man I, I hope you get them our gun season opens up next weekend so on saturday yeah so uh yeah. are you if you got the right wind are you going to plan on trying to go kill him yeah if i got the right wind i mean i yeah because i mean he's he's up in daylight mm-hmm. um and but but not only that like he's not he wasn't boogered at all. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, he didn't show no signs of, he didn't even respond to, to my grunt. He was just like, whatever, you know? Yeah. And, um, well, he and, was and still, so he, he was he's still in a bachelor group too. So he's not ultra, exactly. he's not ultra territorial right now. More than likely. No, no. And so he's, he's, he's about one of the only, um, bucks that I've, I, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of bucks this early in daylight on our club over there. Yeah. And so that's encouraging. So, so if, if the if the wind's right, um, I just gotta be patient on that and have, I gotta use some self-control cause you know, you, you really want to go in and just, you know, hunt it. And it's like, well, you know, there, there's a reason he was there because he didn't smell me. Yeah. And so, um, it's gotta be, just gotta use some discipline on, on that. And so, um, but now, and, but you had a, you you've had a good week of deer hunting. Yeah, yeah, I did, and I didn't even hunt very much, <laughs> actually. I know. Uh, <laughs> I uh, so hold on. Let me let me let me ask you this, Parker McDonald, the water access public land only. Don't ever use a climber guy. Went in on public land. He did go in with a climber. I will throw that in. But you went public land and you smashed a good buck, right? Not public land, private land. Yeah. Private land. <laughs> private land. Yep, yep. I I killed a. Right. I, I used a buck tag on private land for the first time in, uh, dang, four. No, no, more than that. Because I didn't kill an Alabama buck. Um, in Alabama. On private. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, but but the way that it happened is really cool. It was. It was really neat. So, I kind of, I kind of start out, um, kind of talking about that. So, we pretty much, you know, I, I pretty much hunt public land ninety nine percent of the time. Like it's very rare mm-hmm. for me. I don't have anywhere to go here in Alabama. Like I don't lease property. 
I don't have any permission property. Most of the places that you would be able to get permission, at leasing is a very popular thing out here. So if somebody is not hunting their property, more than likely they uh, they have family that is or they're, right. they're leasing it out to a, a hunting club or something like that, which I don't blame them. I mean, that's a nice way to make some money. If you're not going to hunt it, yeah. might as well make money on it. Um, right. And so I don't have any of that. Like, uh, I don't have, there's not people in the church. I'm sure there are, but I just don't, I have never met them, um, who have big pieces of property that I can hunt or anything like that. And so I, that's hunting public land is about my only option. Well, my buddy, Aaron, um, Aaron Logan is his name. Super good guy. I've known him since he was a young teenager, uh, helped him learn guitar, like, just a just a really cool dude. He's always hit me up during deer season. He'll hit me up, and he goes. I go to church with him, um, and he'd be like, "Man, you need to come out to come out with me to my hunting camp. Come out to my club with me." And I'm like, eh, "You know, it's not really my thing. You know, like it's never really been my thing." Um, well, through this, uh, I, I guess I'll back up. Two years ago, he decided that he wanted to try to hunt public land, and so he hit me up. He was like, "Hey, man." I need some help. Like, I don't know anything about public land. Could you give me a starting place? Which I am more than happy to help somebody most of the time. Um, Just, you know, if nothing else, I mean, really, you can send them to a spot that you've wanted to check out and see what happens, you know, and they'll kind of check it out for you. Um, And so that's that's exactly what I did. I had a couple spots on the map that were walk-in access areas that I was like that have looked really good. And so he hit me up. He was like, "Hey man, could you could you help me out? Like, I want to I want to try to hunt public. It's a little bit closer to my house." And um, and so I was like, "Yeah, go check out this area. This, this spot looks good." Well, Joker goes in there and kills a buck on the first time he's ever hunted public land. <laughs> the first day, kills a buck, and I was like, "Well, crap, <laughs> that's cool." You know, I was super jacked up for. Her. I thought that was really neat. Um, and then he went to another spot the next time that I sent him and sent me a video of a little buck that walked right up to him. He was hunting on the ground. And it walked right into his lap. And so uh, that was pretty cool. So we've we've talked about hunting quite a bit um, over the past few years. And he's always been on me like, dude, you need to come out with me. Nobody would care. And that's the other thing is like I don't want to go out to a piece of private land on a hunting club where there's a lot of guys who are paying money to be out there and, you know, ruin their spots or kill a deer and then get mad at me. That's always been my experience on hunting clubs is that people get mad, you know, if you go in and kill deer as a guest. And so um, I just have tried to avoid that. And, I mean, honestly, I just like using the kayak on public land. That's just a lot of fun yeah. to me. And so, um, but I went with him this past weekend, uh, and I, I was planning on hunting a, uh, a WMA that was opening up this this past weekend, or last weekend, I guess. I was planning on hunting that WMA. And, uh, it was about, it's about a two hour drive for me to get there. And I started looking at the radar the week or the day before on Friday, I started looking at the radar and it was just going to be thunderstorms in there all day. And I was like, man, I really don't want to drive that far to be out there in my boat during a thunderstorm. That just doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me. I've done it before, but I just didn't want to do that again. So, um, let's see. I texted him that night. I was like, hey, dude, are you still going out to your club? Oh, well, I actually looked at my normal area where I normally hunt, and it was, man, it was going to be thunderstorms all day in that in that area too. So here I was really without anywhere to necessarily hunt. So I hit him up. I was like, hey, are you going to go out to your club? Um, I, I may tag along if you're still, if the offer's still, still there. And he said, dude, thanks so much for texting me. I'm super jacked up. I'll meet you at four. Okay, that sounds great. And my intention was just to go out and like maybe shoot a doe or something, get it on camera and have a video to to show or whatever. Um, But it had rained there all night on his club. And in my experience during the rain, some of the best places to hunt can be food sources and green food sources that they that they usually hit at night. And uh, and so. I was just like, well, well, I'll go sit over a greenfield, maybe try to shoot a doe over a greenfield in the morning, and then we'll we'll scout out something and try to find somewhere to hunt that night. And so um, that's exactly what we did. I went and hunted a greenfield, got busted by a little buck, 
in the green field. He came in from behind me downwind that morning, and uh, I texted Aaron. I was like, hey, hey, dude, let's – what, t- what time do you want to get down? And he said, well, we can get down now if you want and go get something to eat. And so something interesting about it, though, was that the temperature was dropping significantly from the time we got yeah. there until, I mean, it was supposed to drop all day. And uh, we both kind of made the decision, like, let's get something to eat really quick um, and try to scout out an area and uh, and get set up early this afternoon because there may be midday movement with the rain that happened all night. And the temperature's dropping, like, we need to, the deer may get on their feet a little bit early. So, um, this is where it kind of gets exciting. So, we go and scout out this spot on a very similar area to what you hunted. It's just a big, a big 160-acre clear cut. And um, that's great. Clear cut's hard to hunt because you can't really hunt in the clear cut all that much unless you have a shooting house with a greenfield planted in the middle of it, you know, or a tripod or something like that. There's not really any trees that you can climb in a clear cut. And so, um, we looked at this green field. He, he was showing me, he was really just showing me around more than anything. And, uh, and we, uh, I looked behind the clear cut or behind the green field and it goes into a, a bottom and I can see a strip of woods that is, uh, coming out of the tree line and, and kind of going into the clear cut, which is called an SMZ, which is a streamside, I believe it's streamside management zone. And basically it, it keeps the, they, they leave a strip of woods, of hardwoods usually, along a creek to keep the creek from, I guess keep the creek active is basically what it yeah. is. It's a management of the creek system. And so um, a lot of times, uh, you'll see a lot of deer using that that SMZ because that can be number one. It's a hard hard transition line along that, and so a lot of times you'll find heavy trails in it. Um, but it also is available food if there's oaks in that in that SMZ strip. Well, I looked on the SMZ and it wasn't really there wasn't a lot of oaks in the actual strip. But when you got to the tree line, the main woods right on that hard line. Um, there was definitely oaks in that bottom. And so we walked down there and I look and I can see where that hard tree line is following the SMZ. I'm trying to set this up. It's going to be hard to explain it, but if you will, uh, watch the video on YouTube, I do have a, uh, an example map on there. So the video is up right now, the whole video, the whole thing. So if you haven't watched that, you can go check it out on the Southern ground hunting YouTube channel. Um, but I told Aaron, I said, hey, come here. I'll bet you there's going to be a heavy trail following this line. Sure enough, we get there. There's a super heavy trail. I look on the ground. There's a bunch of holes. There's a lot of acorns on the ground. And there's some big white oaks that are dropping. But the thing that caught my attention was there was a heavy rub line right there that was all fresh, mm-hmm. super fresh rubs. Um, Drew, here, um, where I was hunting, which was right on the Mississippi state line, basically, um, you know the rut is January. Usually that's right. Our rut right. in that part of the state is going to be January. And so it, it, it's really odd to find rubs or scrapes or anything like that this early in the season, like where the rest of the country right. pretty much is finding and, and hunting over fresh rubs and scrapes and all that big sign here in Alabama. We don't really get that in October. That's not a thing. Unless you are in a core area. So what I have found is these bucks will, once they split out of their bachelor groups, they will start laying down sign close to their home, like right in their core area. Mm -hmm. And they'll start laying down that sign. And as the season progresses and it gets closer to the rut, that sign will start fall. Like it'll start spreading further away and further away from the core area. And that's when most of the time you start finding it. Well, since it was, you know, mid-October, I was like, man, there's rubs here. We're close. Like, we're real close to this buck right now. And so I look at Aaron. I was like, I'm going to hunt here tonight. Um, Aaron, and we had, he had put a pile of corn and all kinds of junk out in, into a uh, into a green field. All kinds of, like, different baits in a pile and stuff. He's like, I'm going to hunt here tonight. So um, I was like, listen, I'm going to hunt down here in this bottom. And, uh, I was like, we need to hurry up and get out of here because 
and go get get everything ready because that buck is probably listening to us right now. Now, we had the wind in our favor. The wind was blowing across the clear cut into our face, into the tree line. But I was like, that buck is listening to us right now. I will almost guarantee it. He's somewhere close. Yeah. And so we got out of there, went and got something to eat, and came back. And I got set up right over that rub and uh, had a doe come out. And then a, uh, I guess it was about 6 o'clock, a little after 6, I hear just like heavy, heavy footsteps, like trotting footsteps. And I look over and I see a big buck walking toward, like kind of trotting out. He, he had just like jumped out of the, the clear cut and into the woods and was walking that rub line straight to me. Um, and I mean, dude, it was one of those moments like, holy crap, like this, <laughs> this just worked. So are you, are you, yeah. are you following along? Is there any questions, anything that you know about the story that I've missed? No, no. I mean, that's, that's, that, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, you, um, and I mean, it's, it's hard to describe it. So you guys like Parker said, go, go and check out the video, but like, it's, it's awesome when the plan comes together, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it, it's just, it's, it, you almost get more satisfaction out of that than you do of actually, you know, killing the animal, you yeah. know, like, yeah. like, like, like on Saturday morning, I was like, I, I beat him. Yeah. That, that was my thought. I was like, I beat him. Yeah. You now, figured I mean, it out. I, I figured it out. Um, and I, I even called my dad and, and I'm like, Hey, I got, I got him, I got him figured. And he, he goes, what do you mean? I go, I, I go, I found him. And, and, and he was like, okay, you know, but it was, it was, even though I didn't get to kill the deer, I was like, man, I, everything that I did during the summer scouting, all that stuff, it paid off and I had an opportunity, you know? And so it's, it sounds like the same thing with you, like the plan worked. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, and it's important for people to realize your club is a super cheap club. Like it's not expensive. Right. You're not talking about a thousand dollars to get on this thing. I, I mean, wouldn't be in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's basically the type of club that you can take your kids to, you know, mm -hmm. um, and maybe shoot a doe. That's kind of the, the type of club that you're on. It's not a, it's not yeah. just like a highly managed or anything like that. It's, it's a cheap club. No a good place to take the kids sit in a, in a shooting house that probably is infested with rats and wasps. Um, you know, you're not talking about redneck blinds and cornfields. Like it's, no. it's a budget club. So the fact that you're yeah, able to is. get on a, on a big buck like that, on a club like that is pretty neat. And usually most of the time, a club that you find that's under a thousand dollars, it's going to be run up with members. It's going to have every, every Bubba that is willing to pay a couple hundred bucks to get on it yeah. is going to be on it and he's going to be hunting all the time. You know, it's just, it, it's yeah. that kind of place. And so in my experience with those type of clubs is that it, it's, it can be very political. I, I don't think yours is necessarily that way, but it can no, be, it can be a little bit political, but also it can be more pressured than some of the public land even is if you're willing to put in the yeah. amount of work. And the, and the reality is, is most of the time these clubs have a lot of roads. And so, it's hard to get into an area you can't really go quote unquote deep. Um, but what you can do is hunt right. the, the less obvious spots, which is what you did. And so I know right. a lot of guys that listen to this are on a hunting club. That's a very popular thing here yes. in the South, you know, whether it be Georgia, um, every state that I've ever lived in has, has these hunting clubs and leased properties. So, um, but yeah, I wanted to throw that in there because I don't want people to think that you're like they're like oh making a big deal about seeing a big buck on private land. Well, it is private land, but it's it's not like it's you know it's yeah. not it's not like no, you're paying yeah, we, a couple couple grand to hunt it. No, we we basically over the past two years that that I've been in there, there's been there's been one good buck killed every year, and um, you're talking seven members, you know, um, yeah. and um, it's less than a thousand acres, guys. right? Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's less than five hundred acres. Okay, yeah, and, it's a little bitty. Yeah, less than five hundred acres. Um, and and but like you said, it's 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 a good club to take the kids to. Um, um, it, it it has potential to to be really good. Um, but man, it's 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 a good place. There's no politics in it. Um, it, it don't cost a lot of money. 
And and so um, so basically, guys, what what I'm saying is that if you're on a club like that, then look for that spot that you know no one no one pins out at. You know, no one no no one goes to the board on you know five o'clock and and you know says okay, well I'm gonna go hunt, hunt this greenfield because we all know guys that hunt the same greenfield every day or every time that they go to the club. Mm-hmm. Well, just look at where people look at where people are hunting and driving into and use that pressure to your advantage and go hunt somewhere else that that's not a, that's overlooked and no one pins out at and I guarantee you that you will find good sign and you have a better chance of killing a deer. Yeah, especially a buck. You know, I think a lot of times yeah. those does will hit the green fields and the corn piles and all that yeah. stuff. But but the bucks are going to be a little bit more reclusive. And if they're not reclusive, I believe it's Bobby Worthington or, or Nathan Killen. One of them was talking about this, about the different personalities of deer. And usually the ones who are a little more social that are willing to go out in the daylight and do a green field or a bait pile are going to be the ones that die when they're young, you know? And so you're not mm-hmm. going to, yeah. you're not going to get a lot of opportunities at a social buck. That's, you know, big, that's, you know, a decent yeah. deer. And so, yeah. it, and it works yeah. similar in this, in this area. So on this, on this, now, Parker, yeah. Parker, one, one of the things that I did want to ask is that, do you, do you think he was bedded on that, that, that hillside close to that SMZ and got up and walked down to those oaks? 100%. Yeah. He, so, the way the wind was blowing straight out of the north with that cold front pushing through and the temperatures dropping all day, the wind was straight out of the north and the tree line was on the south side of this of this cutover. So I was set up yeah. with the wind in my face expecting him to come out of that, that clear cut, and that's exactly what he did. He was 100% bedded in, in that clear cut, and there was kind of a hillside right in front of me, um, yeah. a, a south-facing slope on this cutover and um i believe that he was he was bedded up in there and the reason all of his sign was there is because those oaks that i was on was the first available food source right there and so i treated it a lot like dan infault talks about with those oak islands and things like that um in those marshes those deer will bed down in those marshes and on the high ground and that stuff um and, and so i treated that smz as a, as similar to one of those oak islands. Now, conveniently and and good for the good thing for me is that there wasn't any oaks, um, noticeable oaks, anyways, that I could see in the whole strip. So there wasn't really a, a hard mast uh, food source until they got to right, right where I was at, which makes a whole lot of sense that he spends a lot of time in there because all those rubs were in there. Um, right. I mean, that's that's his first available food source, food source, and he's just laying down claim to it to that part of his, of his core area. And so when he walked out, it was like, holy cow, I got like, this is, this is about to work. And there's a lot of things running through my mind. You know, the things that are running through my mind, like, do I really want to use a buck tag on private land? Well, duh. You're like, that's, that's one of those things. It's like, I'm here. I I made the decision to come here. uh, And I don't want to (laughs) sound like I'm, I don't want to sound pretentious. That's not, that it's not at all my goal. But I really do enjoy killing deer on public land. Like, it's just fun to me. And so I was like, do I really want to kill a deer on private land and, like, ride a four-wheeler up to it to pick it up, you know, and, and do all that stuff? And um, and ultimately, my decision was, well, crap, yeah, I do. Like, I didn't pay <laughs> anything for this. Like, this was free. Um, I, I was a, a guest and I just figured it out on, on, you know, basically without any experience in the area, hunting this piece of private land, like I would tackling it the same way I would tackle public and, right. and, and that's exactly what happened. And so, um, <laughs> I get, you could say fortunately or unfortunately one way or the other, it didn't work out quite as good as what I thought it was going to work out in my head. Um, and so that buck walks no. out, huh? No. Well, I was just going to tell, say that you, you definitely didn't go, you didn't get to go pick it up in a four wheeler, drive up to that it, is, pick it up in a four wheeler. That is not the case <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> but, but it, there was, there was a lot of cool things that, that I'm thinking about in my head of like the things that led up to having this encounter and this opportunity that made me say, you know what? Like, this is this is cool. Like this is really a yeah. cool, a cool story. You know, it, it's not like I was just hunting a deer that 
was coming into a corn pile and, and you know doing it that way like I actually hunted this deer and so I, I made this decision to shoot it not necessarily knowing how big he was like all I could tell was that he's a good buck you know he's solid he looks like he's you know probably an eight point or something like that um he looks wide I'm gonna shoot him he was in like really thick the, on the edge of these of these cutovers at the the tree line can be pretty thick and so um it definitely was in there and so I just tried to not focus on his antlers once I made the decision to shoot him and um he was coming in perfect like walking in like apps like he was going to walk right into my opening where I had a very clear shot um unfortunately he got to a point where I guess we had walked he was right next to the first rub that we saw and we had walked to it um just while we were scouting and so he hit that and he didn't really get spooky but he just looked like eh, I don't really want to go any further than this once he hit hit where right. we were at and so he kind of angled his body away from me looking away from me and like he was going to go back into the clear cut and so I had to pick out a hole that he was going to walk into and range it really quick pick out the hole and hope that his vitals pass through that hole and I would say the hole is probably two foot wide it was like a two foot circle it was a decent mm-hmm. size hole you know I could see all of the vitals in that hole but um but it wasn't ideal and from the camera angle when you watch it on the video it looks like I just shot through the forest because he's like like <laughs> it looks like I just tried to just you know put the needle through a like a a bush or something like that. And so the the camera angle is deceiving from where I'm actually, what I'm actually shooting at. But, um, he hit that hole and I drew back. I probably was drawn back for about 45 seconds to a minute, uh, waiting for him to walk into it. I let loose and it hit him. And I thought my first initial thought is crap. That might've been way too far forward, but I'm using heavy cut on contact head, um, I've got almost 300 grains pushing the front end or pulling the front end. So I thought, you yeah. know, if I hit that shoulder, that's then, then we're okay. Um, but in my head, I was thinking like front, like in front of the shoulder, which is not even a, not even really, even if it passes through, it's not a, a shot that is going to kill an animal animal most of the time. And so right. my initial thought was crap that may have been way too far forward. And so I called my dad, I called Aaron, I called my dad. And I was like, man, I, you can, I mean, you can see in the video, I'm just kind of like, I'm excited because that was a really cool encounter. But at the same time, I'm not like confident, you know, and anybody who's yeah. watched one of my videos before, when I'm confident, you can tell, like when I'm confident that I just killed a deer, you can tell it on my facial expression. I get, I get pretty fired up and, I was fired up, like I was shaking really bad. Um, my legs were just like noodles, and uh, and at this point, I'm like, I don't know how big that deer was. He may very well be the biggest deer I've ever killed. I just don't, I don't know. I never really got a good enough look at him. All I knew was he was good enough to shoot. And so, <laughs> I Aaron comes over, and when he gets there, he's like, "Man, I thought I heard something breathing in the woods over there. Is that where the deer went?" I said, "Yeah, that's exactly where he went." Um, I said, but come on, well, let's find the arrow. It's dark at this point. Well, let's find the arrow and see what we can find. Well, what we found was disappointing because we found about half of the arrow, a little more than half of the arrow, the back end broken off and um, no blood on the fletchings or anything. But it was really weird because in the video, when I was watching it, rewatching it, it looked like a perfect pass through. Like you see the flood, you see the, uh, the lighted knock disappear and it looks like it just mm-hmm. passed through him. And it actually huh. looked like a really good shot on a quarter to way deer. It looked like it could have been like kind of mid body going, you know, right towards the vitals. But we just didn't know. It was hard to tell. There was not a not a drop of blood on the ground. It was kind of rainy. It, it the ground was wet. Um, and what I could see, there was some hair on the arrow and like maybe like a half an inch of what looked like gut matter to me. Now, it knowing what I know now, it wasn't. But I just didn't know what it was. It was kind of a brownish color, which it could have been 
it could have been the like mud or something like that. It was just hard to tell, but there was definitely hair on it, and I knew I'd hit the deer solid as far as like up and down wise. Um, I just didn't know left and right how where it actually went in at. So we walked about 40 yards into the woods where he said he thought he heard what sounded like a deer gasping for air um, and didn't find any blood or anything. So I had to go to church the next day. <laughs> so I, it was kind yeah. of a unfortunate um, <laughs> scenario. It was a Saturday. I have to be at church the next morning because that's my job, you know. And so um, I called Brian Ham, who is a tracker. He's got two dogs, and he's one of the better trackers in the area. He's got a really good reputation. His dogs are great. And, uh, man, my voice is going away right now. I can hear it getting scratchy. But um, Brian's an awesome, awesome dude. And uh, I called him. He said, yeah, we'll be let's, – let's try to do it after church in the morning. So, okay, that sounds great. Now, at this point, I'm also not – I'm still not sure because on the, the small little viewfinder on my camera, I can't tell – really where the arrow went in at. So I got home and yeah. which was about two hours away, got home, blew it up on the, on the computer. And immediately my confidence is, is high. I'm like, that deer's dead right now. I know it's dead right now because the way it looks like it goes in, it looks like it goes in mid body on a quarter away deer. That's a perfect shot. <laughs> so I, my, I, I knew the meat's probably going to be spoiled. It's not super cold. Um, if it's not spoiled, the coyotes got to it because it's just too good of a shot. And so I sent it to several different trackers. Ammon McKinney uh, got a copy. Brian sent it to him, and everybody agreed that deer's super dead. Like, he's going to die. And um, go to church, and all I can think about, man, <laughs> all I could think about. <laughs> I said, uh, I was texting my buddy Croft, and uh, – he was like, you're going to need the Holy Spirit tomorrow real bad. And I was like, yeah, that's about the only way that's about the only way that church is going to go good is if is if uh, I get a little bit of help, get a little bit of uh, motivation from the Lord, because I'm like, I'm on the struggle bus. And uh, and my wife was like, why are you worried about it? He's he's if you feel confident, I'm like, baby, like this. here's the thing, like when you're a deer hunter and you're a hardcore deer hunter and you have a situation like this happen, this is literally the scenarios that you think about all year long. Like, yeah, big buck comes into range, you figured him out, you get a shot off. Like, it's so hard to know that you possibly screwed that up. But um, I meet up with Brian that afternoon, and at this point it's about 3 o'clock, so the meet is not going to be good. That was I know people are going to say what they want about it, about that decision, but that was all I could do. I mean, literally, the the church is my job, and so I've got to be there. Right. I don't have a choice. I can't just I can't just say, you know, screw it. It's just not how it works. And so, um, we meet up about three o'clock. The dogs get on the track, and uh, man, I got to tell you, Drew, there was a point about an hour after they started tracking <laughs> when I thought, there's no way we're getting this deer. I mean, we are not finding a drop of blood. But the thing was, is these dogs stay on that track the whole time. And, uh, like, they're, they're nose to the ground. They never come back to us like they're confused or like they're off. We never have to start the track over again. But we're going 100 yards, 200 yards, 300 yards, 400 yards, 500 yards, 600 yards. I mean, we're getting a long ways away. And uphill, pretty much most of the way we're uphill and, you know, with – with what I know and statistically a, a mortally wounded de- deer is not going to go uphill for that long. Like at some point they're going to, they're going to die, but we're not finding any blood at all. I mean, not even a drop. And at some point, I mean, we start going down the hill the next, like we go up the hill start going down and it starts, I mean, it's thick, nasty pines, really thick undergrowth and stuff like that. And all of a sudden we hear the dogs bark, which means that the deer is alive. And, uh, so there's really no telling what we're about to find. And so we get up to where the dogs were at and they're staying in the same area. And, um, the big dog Tater is, uh, he's a big catch dog and he starts growling. And I look at Brian, I was like, 
is that does that mean is that still alive? Is he trying to like take it down? He said, I don't know. So we run up there to it. Well, the deer's laying down. I mean, looks dead. And we get up to it, and uh, he kind of stretches out like he's he's trying to get up, but he's hurting really, really bad. And so Brian ends up taking his big knife and finishing it off and stuff. Um, that's an unfortunate thing. I don't. There, there's there's good things and there's bad things about this. The fact that it was nearly 24 hours after the shot um, means that that deer basically suffered all day for for 24 hours. And so no bow yeah. no bow hunter that I know likes that. You know, you want to be quick, you want to be efficient, you want to you know want it to be fairly painless. At the end of the day, you're killing an animal, and so there's going to be some pain involved, but you don't want it to last that long. And so that that's disappointing. However, there is a good side of this, and that is that none of that meat was wasted at all. I mean, the deer yeah. was the deer state was alive still. And so that was the first thing that Brian said. He's like, your meat's not burnt. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's a good thing. <laughs> and so, uh, so here's the crazy thing. We're, we're almost a mile deep into this, into this junk. And, uh, luckily I brought my, my frame pack with me to carry all my, to carry all my, uh, camera gear. And, uh, and dude, it's kind of funny on Friday, like the day before I went out there, I had ordered some game bags to keep in my pack just in case, which I've never encountered a situation where I would rather pack one out, um, than just drag it to the boat. But I thought, you know, just in case I ever get into that situation, I'm going to be in Kentucky soon. Um, maybe, maybe I'll be in a situation where I need to pack one out, but, um, luckily for me, I had those game bags in my bag the day before that. And, uh, and so we ended up just packing it out, packing it a mile out of those woods, out of that steep, nasty crap. I thought I was going to die. I mean, it was, it was the most backcountry private land hunt (laughs) I think I've ever been on. (laughs) Um, it was about the hardest, (laughs) hardest drag i guess you could say drag out the hardest getting a deer out of the woods that i've encountered um and it was it was on private land which is pretty cool and so i definitely felt like yeah. i worked for it so there was a lot of cool things that happened in that um here's another thing too we talk about this a lot and uh, it's kind of the trendy thing to talk about but the heavy arrow setup worked for me because that shot ended up being right smack dab in the middle of the shoulder and uh, I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure what happened, but it went into the shoulder. And as we were cleaning the deer, the uh, Brian found the arrow like in the, in the opposite side, like right at the base of the neck. Like he said, man, this thing's got a big knot in his neck. And he started moving it around. He's like, that's your broadhead. And so the, the arrow really went almost all the way through the deer. It just didn't make an exit hole. Um mm. But, it, I mean, it, it crushed that shoulder. I mean, the shoulder was just absolutely demolished, like you shot it with a rifle. Um, there wasn't any blood, not, any, not even any blood on the wound itself. Like, it could have been that he licked it off or something, but not a drop of blood on him. Um, just really, really good dogs. We played our cards right. We made the right decision. Um, I made the right decision in the off season by moving to those heads because, honestly – with a with a uh, an expandable broadhead that deer lives i mean it's not even going through yeah. that shoulder that deer lives until somebody shoots him or or he dies of natural causes um i i've i've seen that shot way too many times with a mechanical and it's almost a lost cause and so honestly if 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 i would have known that i put that shot on it um and we called the dogs and we hadn't seen any blood i would have probably been way 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 less less optimistic going into that track than yeah than i actually was luckily i was i was fairly confident with the shot and went ahead and called the dogs and you know but i've just seen it way i mean statistically speaking when you shoot them in the shoulder like that you're most of the time you're just not going to recover them um from what i've seen so it was a cool hunt man it was really neat um so it's a, a fun story. Uh, there were some unfortunate things, some things that I know I need to work on, but also some things that make you feel a little more validated. Like maybe you're not stupid. Maybe you do know what you're doing sometimes. Um, and this, this hunt was one of those that 
it really ups your confidence of, man, I've, I've learned a lot. I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to, since I started being successful in public, I've always wanted to try a hunting club again just to see if the things that I've learned hunting public land would help me be more yeah. successful on, on private land. And to me, this just proved that that was absolutely the case. And lucky, lucky for me, none of the guys on the club that I've talked to, um, they were all super excited. They were all jacked up. They're like, man, I can't believe you did that. That's awesome. That's cool. And, uh, they got our, they got Brian's number. They got the tracker's number. So, uh, I'm sure he'll make some trips up there soon. Um, just an overall really, really fun, neat experience. And I was happy. I was more than happy. Still am more than happy to use my tag on a, on a private land deer like that. It was really cool. He ended up being a uh, fairly wide eight point, um, short time length, uh, had some interesting character. Actually, he was a nine point. Um, he had some interesting character to him, not gigantic. He wasn't a huge deer, but he's also, you know, a respectable Alabama, Alabama buck. So, uh, I was, yeah. I was pretty excited about it. Sweet, man. That's so good. It was fun. It was fun, fun day. Um, Probably I'm not going to use, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm fired up right now about hunting, uh, public land with the kayak because, uh, I got that first buck out of the way and we got two more buck tags here in Alabama. So I plan to use both of those here, uh, on public and, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's a good way to start the season. Yeah, it is, man. That, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's cool. Yep. So anyways, uh, like I said, you can watch that video on the Southern Ground Hunting YouTube channel as well as a bunch of other videos from this season and seasons in the past. You can look forward to a lot of uh, a lot of content coming up very soon from out of state. And uh, yeah, Drew, do you have anything else that you want to add? I know, I know it's uh, you're feeling a little bit under the weather, but we got a cold front coming through right now. It's supposed to get like <laughs> I know, man. It's supposed to be a freeze warning tonight. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's it. Tomorrow morning be a good time to be in the woods. It, so it would be. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be in the woods, but I will be in the woods tomorrow night. So sweet man. Well, maybe maybe you can stick one tomorrow night. I hope so, dude. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for another one. It's been a week without killing a deer, and I'm I'm already jonesing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and guys, just just like Parker said, like there's a lot of stuff gonna be hitting the channel. Um, you know, with Parker going up to Kentucky, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some cool podcasts come out of that too. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, um, so man, deer season is here and I, I know, um, rifle season opens up, um, for us next weekend and then for everyone in a couple weeks. And so, you know, um, uh, looking to see more, more deer hit the ground. If you do guys uh, post them on the Southern ground open forum so we can all see them and celebrate with you. Yeah. Yeah. On the, on the Facebook page. All you got to do is find it, um, Southern Ground Open Forum. You can find it actually through our Southern Ground Hunting page on Facebook. Um, there's, we yep. have a group, and uh, I've actually seen um, several bucks hit the ground today. There was, Dude, there was, there was a, a big, lot there was a big of, one today. There was a lot of big deer that died this weekend. Um, there, was, there was a big one that I actually just saw on Instagram prior to us getting on here. Oh, yeah? Um, one, one, of your, one, one of your buddies. Who's that? Um, um, oh, well, Fred, um, Timber. Oh, yeah. Timber. Yeah, dude. Timber so a monster. Timber, I, I ran into him when we were eating breakfast the other and morning, and he said... It's, it's, it's public, so, I mean, it's on Instagram, so I can say... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he posted on Instagram. I ran into him while we were eating lunch. Me and you were eating lunch on uh, Friday, Friday morning and uh mm-hmm. he was working i guess he was wearing he was in a work truck and stuff and i'd never met him before we talked a couple times on instagram this dude timber blankenship is a freaking buck killer awesome awesome hunter and uh, always kills big bucks like always kills big bucks and he said man i'm going out this evening i'm hunting a good one uh so i'm gonna go out this evening and sure enough that joker goes out and kills his target buck that evening um so He's he, a giant, man. He killed a big one. Uh, a guy named, uh, uh, is it Joseph Moreland, I saw. Um, mm-hmm. guy in Arkansas killed a big, big buck with his recurve. Or, no, it was a longbow. Um, I mean, like a 
big one in Arkansas. Uh, LG Shea in West Virginia killed a big buck this weekend with his bow. Um, Brett, uh, I believe it's Brett Mashburn is his name, uh, went on a trip to Missouri on his first sit and kills a giant today. Uh, That's awesome. I mean, I've seen all kinds of big deer hitting the ground today and yesterday. I mean, it it seems like this past weekend was the best one. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty typical, you know, going into uh, going into the rut around most parts of the country. This Halloween weekend is when it really starts uh, really starts opening up. Um, So. It's just going to go up from here, I think. I think it's going to be awesome. No, John, not Joseph Moreland. I know another guy named Joseph Moreland. Jonathan Moreland is the guy's name. Uh, shot the big deer with a longbow. I mean, he's a he's a tank of bucks. So, anyways, oh, that's going to be about it for this week. I know, uh, I know uh, a lot of you guys are going to be in the woods. I wish you the best of luck. As always, make yes, sure... Yes. Make sure you check out screegear.com if you want to uh, if you want to check that out. Some of the best hunting apparel, hunting uh, I guess performance wear if that's what you want to call it um, that I've ever used. And um, man, it's been it's been great, especially these cold fronts coming through here the last the last week or so. Being able to be comfortable and not bulky has been awesome. Um, so check them out. Use the code Southern Ground. And uh, when you check out, and you can save 10% on your purchase, that's going to be it this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are going to be in the woods, remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. Talk to you next time.